listening to The Defiant Ones, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of Defy. Welcome back to the Defiant Ones. Now, this uh, guy to my right, he's no stranger to the Defiant Ones. I think he was actually one of the first, maybe, it's like second interview I did or something like that. Like, what was it? The pandemic all bleeds together. It was one of those nights where you were, you know, saying how, like, you're like, I'm going to the gym at 11 p.m. because no one else is there. I want to socially distance. Yeah. It's such a weird time to think back these last couple years. It, it, it It's all, like... You remember when the streets were empty, you know, and, and like everyone was trying to hoard toilet paper. Like we lived through that, bro. Oh yeah, I remember, especially like downtown Tacoma, because like you have like the financial district. Like every business was either closed, and any like office was everybody was working from home. Yeah, and so like it was literally just a ghost town, and it was the eeriest feeling. And then it was also when we had those like forest fires. As yep. there was like that couple weeks where like everything was just red. You had this like bright red sun and you could see like 20 feet ahead of you. And it was like, this is as dystopian yep. and post-apocalyptic as we could possibly get. Yeah. And, you know, we were all dealing with it uh, our, in our own ways. And I remember in that first interview, you mentioned you were just crushing Oreos, just like boxes of Oreos, just like crushing it. So... You know, but you've gotten back in ring shape. You're back, you know, wrestling for Defy. You're 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 training a lot, and and uh, you know how how has it been? You know, like coming back full force to, to to wrestling since. You know, I know it's been a while now, but the last time we talked, you weren't wrestling really. So how's it been? Still crushing Oreos, absolutely. Still, okay, okay, still okay, crushing cool, Oreos. Cool. I've I've dialed it back a little bit now. I I will wait until a new flavor comes out. Sure. And I will I'll partake in the new flavor. Okay. And then if I like it, I'll get a second package. Yeah. But if I think it's gross, then it's like one and done. Yeah. I'll see you guys next month. Okay. Uh, but other than that, it's been very interesting getting back into wrestling. Mm-hmm. I think it was like, for me, it was almost a two-year break yeah. before I before I came back. Because I didn't want to come back anywhere but Defy. Yeah. And so even when a lot of like other organizations and like other states were opening up, I was like, I don't want to come back until I can come back at Defy. Like, yeah. And partially just because, like, it's my home promotion, mm-hmm. and that's where my heart is. But I think part of it, too, was also, like, that's when I felt like wrestling was back, yeah. is when Defy was running again. To me, that was what a normalcy, a sense of normalcy in wrestling was going yep. to be. So I'm very I'm very happy Defy's back. It's been good to be back. I've had some amazing opponents. Yeah. Connors, Calvin Tankman, Jordan Oliver, yeah. Homicide, the Briscoes. It's been... It's been an interesting return. Yeah, I, that's actually something we I interviewed Matt Cross a few months ago, and and that was one of the first shows back with Defy, and he said to him even, you know, and and he's not even like a Washington native, but he said he felt like wrestling wasn't back until Washington Hall was full for a Defy. It was like wrestling's back, Defy's back. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the homicide, a legend. Um, what was that like for you? main eventing a Defy show against a legend like Homicide and how scared were you <laughs> that you were about to get stabbed? I love a fight. I hands down love a fight. Yeah. If you ask my wife, I love talking shit. Yeah. And if I think there's an inkling that somebody might want to step up, I will push every button I can. And I don't know what it is about me. I feel like I'm a very laid back guy. Yeah. But as I, I have no flight 
it's all it's all fight. That's my only response to anything. Sure. And I think a lot of that's just growing up poor yeah, and yeah. you know, like you it's a Tacoma in you. Yeah, honestly, yes. <laughs> Very much yes. If you want to have like any reputation and not get messed with, you have to fight. Or at least have mm-hmm. people convinced that you could beat their ass. Yeah. And so I was very excited to, to face homicide because I knew there was no way it wasn't going to be physical. And there's always that like, what if things get a little too wild and we do have a fight? Then it's yeah. like... I just to fight this dude, like yeah. So I was very, I was very excited for it, and I'm, I'm for the most part, other than the last three seconds of the match, I'm, <laughs> I'm very happy with how it went. Yeah, you're not happy with you know who won the match, but it was, it was a good match, and it was it must have been cool, you know, moment for you. Um, so you weathered the pandemic as not only you know a wrestler, but you also weathered it as a small business owner. You're the, uh, you're an owner of you and your wife. You're the owners of uh, Destiny City Comics. Yeah, in in Tacoma. Uh, awesome place. Um, you can get all your comic book needs there and, and all your nerdery. Uh, what was that like personally as a, as a small business owner, like weathering that pandemic? Was it, you know, yeah, just let me know. How was it? It was probably the most stressful time I've had in my life. Uh, we had just gotten a new place, yep. uh, maybe six months before that. So we were still Oof. settling in and I've never owned any kind of small business before. I have very little background in it. And for the last five years, all I did was wrestle. Mm -hmm. And so wrestling, most people know, is very Mm cash-oriented. And so you don't... You should... And this might be self-incriminating. But you don't necessarily have to track all of the cash income you get. Yeah. And so it was definitely a shift in being like, I need to track every dollar that's coming in. And like all these things I never had to worry about before. And then on top of that, it's like... Oh, the pandemic hit, and now, now we're dead in the water. Yeah, and I think legitimately the saving grace was every comic book shop in the country closed their doors, and most of them weren't mailing anything out. They were just done, and so I had wrestling fans from all these places I had wrestled, like New York and Florida and California, and like hitting me up, me like, "Hey, my local shop's closed. I know you have a store. Yeah. Can I? Can I? Can you mail me some? Can I get stuff through you?" Yeah. And that to me was like the saving grace, and we retained so much of that even after things opened up again. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was very cool to see wrestling and wrestling fans kind of come to help prop the store up for like the three months that our doors were just closed to the public. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, and you made it through, and you guys are thriving now, and it's good, man. So yeah, things have been excellent. I I popped in a little bit earlier today. I have somebody watching the store for me, sure. and so I popped in just to kind of like see how things are going to pick yeah. up a few things. Yeah. And it was it was busy and it was packed. That's and it's, good to see. And it's it was so different because normally like it's one thing when you're just behind the counter you see yep. people coming in, but to be like walking through the door and see like all these people, people checking stuff out and having like that that moment of like almost kind of like I was like an out of body, like an mm-hmm. out of business experience. To, to like be on the outside looking in and go like, holy shit, this place looks fucking cool. Yeah, <laughs> this is the comic book shop I always wanted. And wait a second. I'm the fucking owner. Yeah. That rocks. It was fucking unreal. Yeah. That's cool, man. So, okay, let's get nerdy with it then. So, uh, if you had to make, and I'm putting you right on the fucking spot, if you had to make a wrestling faction of four superheroes, Superman not included, that's cheating, four superheroes, who would the faction be? Ooh. And it could be all, you know, DC, Marvel, Image, all that. I think out the gate... Luke Cage. Okay. Number one. Man throws hands, doesn't back down from people. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, wrestling's all about big, beefy dudes. Yep. So, hands down, gotta be Luke Cage. Yep. 
I'm gonna throw in um, I'm gonna throw in Amadeus Cho, uh, the the newer Incredible Hulk. So I think now he's going by Braun. I okay. believe they they tweak the name. Sure, uh, but he would definitely be another one. Um, I think just because he is a good good mix of that that normalcy, but he can turn into the Hulk, and he's got like a little more control over it than than Bruce Banner did. Yeah. Uh, Captain Marvel for yeah. sure. Yeah, and Captain Marvel. I'm a big Marvel guy, so it's probably going to be just be all Marvel. Okay. Um, you don't know. I'll go. I'll, I'll go. Image. I'm going to go Savage Dragon. Okay. I don't know Savage Dragon, so you're, you you got me. But that. I'm gonna look all those up. So Savage Dragon, he's uh, he was from Image in the '90s. He's still around. It's one of the few properties Image owned in the '90s. Sure. To get very inside baseball, uh, Image's big thing was they let anybody who wrote or drew the characters own that character. Okay. And so after a lot of them left, Image didn't have any of the people that like founded it. And so Savage Dragon and Spawn are like the only two holdouts. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he was just like a, a dragon man who was also a cop. Yeah. As you know, you gotta be. Yeah, well, there you go. Dragon Man, cop, you know. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, okay, that's a good faction. Okay, so have you seen the new Batman movie, The Batman? I have, absolutely. Okay, so let's do a tier list, as, as the YouTube kids call it. So, okay, what's the, what's the like, top Batman, in your opinion, down to the bottom? Ooh, I'm gonna say, and we're just talking, like, the actor. Like, who best portrayed Batman? No, the movies, films, the movies? your favorites. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna. This is probably gonna get get a little backlash from the internet. I think the Batman is the best Batman film they've done. Okay, I, I liked it absolutely. Yeah. I think it it's everything I personally want out of a Batman film. I love Detective Batman. I hate when you have to like make him OP to yeah. like be able to hang with Superman and Wonder Woman and Green Lantern. Sure. So I really love that. I'm gonna say that. And then I'm gonna say the the Michael Keaton, the first Batman movie, mm-hmm. right beneath that. Probably Batman Returns beneath that. Shell Pfeiffer. Yo, for real, bro. Um, <laughs> and then I'm going to say Lego Batman. Okay. Because that movie is absolutely a love letter to every Batman franchise that came before it. Okay. So I'm going to say yeah. Lego Batman. And I think Will Arnett is hilarious. Yeah. I love that movie. Um, ooh, then I'm going to go Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, and I always forget what's called, but the Val Kilmer Batman. And you're not putting Dark Knight in there? Oh, or? I forgot about. Oh yeah, the whole, <laughs> we got to redo this, Nolan dude. We got to. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna say in between, in between Batman Returns and Lego Batman is the whole Nolan trilogy. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That was, I oh, like yeah. it. Okay, cool, man. Right on. But definitely Dead Last is like Batman and Robin and like I just I'm not a Val Kilmer guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In general, nothing against the man. I'm sure he's he's a lovely human being, but he was just an awful awful Batman. <laughs> Right on, man. Well, uh, you know, so I threw those at you, but uh, I'm going to throw out another one to you. So um, looking back at, you know, this last year of coming back, you've had these so many of these these awesome matches here at Defy. Uh, what would you say is like your favorite, um, you know, one match and one opponent that, that you've gone uh, one-on-one or, you know, two-on-two with? Ooh. I'm torn. I have two. I have my favorite singles match I've had in Defy was me and Tomatonga. I think that was the first time I really just got to like have a fight with somebody. Yeah. And people weren't expecting like flips and dives. It was like these are two dudes who are just gonna beat the shit out of each yep. other. I think my favorite tag team match, and it's one probably a lot of people didn't get to see because it was only for the live crowd, was me and Mike Santiago against Mustache Mountain. Yeah. Uh, which was only for the live crowd. Yep. They weren't allowed to film it. Mm-hmm. Um I don't even know if a tape exists of it. I've never seen it played back, but that is 
absolutely my favorite tag team match. Okay. Um, and then I guess one everybody can watch would be us uh, versus Grizzled Young Vets from yeah. the Progress Weekend. I think that would be the one, my favorite match that everybody can see. That you can, they can yeah. see. Nice. Um, right on, man. Well, you're in the corner. Um, you know, by the time people have seen this, the match will have already happened, but you're in the corner of Steve Miggs, man. Uh, micro worker at KISW, you know. Uh, it's his first match at Washington Hall. Uh, what... What it's his first match at Washington Hall, right? Yeah, Steve yeah. Miggs. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What makes you want to be second for for Steve Miggs? You know, what, why are you backing him up, dude? I think a lot of it is I was uh, very early when Steve was training. I stepped in as the head trainer at the school he was he was training at, yeah. and I feel like I am. We had a really good bond. I very much appreciated his his work ethic, his honesty about what he wasn't good at, what he wasn't good at. Um, and I think just in general, we had a, like, we formed a bond over like music, our love of wrestling. Yeah. Oh, we ended up having a lot of things in common, which is very, we had very different like backgrounds. Like he's from like the East coast yeah. and like New York was into hockey and all that. And like, I was from the West coast and into like stealing as a kid. And so, <laughs> um, shout out Tacoma. Yeah. Yeah. It's Tacoma, right? No bike lock can keep us down. Um, but yeah, so I think for us to just come together, we had a lot in common. And I've just been there, I think, uh, fortunately, every step of the way that he's had, like, a big opportunity, um, whether it's been to, like, kind of help coach him or guide him along yeah. or give advice. And I think this is a huge moment for him and another huge moment for him when he asked, you know, like, would you be interested in cornering me and, and being there yeah. for me? I was like, absolutely. Also, I fucking hate El Phantasmo. Oh, there so you go. I, I've hated him for years. I can't stand him. Um, so I'm just glad to see him get the shit beat out of him as well. So you've kind of watched El Phantasmo, you know, from from the early days, kind of rise to this, you know, prominence. Uh, when when did you first run into El Phantasmo? Uh, the first time I met El Phantasmo, he had come to a show in Washington at what was back then my home promotion. This is like, 14, 15 years ago. Sure. And it was uh, me, a tag partner of mine, and Jack Evans against uh, El Fantasmo, Kyle O'Reilly, and one of the students at the school. Yeah. So that was the first time we had met. And that, and then fast forwarding, that's like a crazy six man. Sure. Yeah. For everybody now. Now that like, you think about it. For yeah. four of the six to like, for the most part, make, you know, blow up and everything. Yeah. And so that's the first time I met him. And I was like, fuck, this dude is arrogant as shit. Like, he's good, <laughs> but fuck me, he's arrogant. And every show I've met, like, it's like, man, he had the match of the night, but then he's like, he knows it. He knows he had the match of the night. And it's like, I don't need to fucking hear this every show. And so I'm just very happy. I mean, like, I think, but I think now too, wrestling Twitter knows how, how fucking obnoxious and arrogant El Phantasm is. And so I feel like I'm being seen for the first time. Sure. Uh, you but feel yeah. very seen. Yeah. So I'm absolutely stoked to see Steve break his nose or whatever, whatever you get, happens. You get a front, uh, front row view, uh, to that. So that'll be awesome. Um, so, okay. So we've asked you this in the past. Um, but you know, it's it's got to be refreshing. You know, now that the uh, you know coming back from the pandemic, wrestling's happening again, um, and you've gotten to be embraced by these fans again. Uh, what's it? What does the defiance mean to you, Ethan? You know, it's probably the the first home audience I've had in a very long time, and I think. Being there from day one with a lot of these people, I think it's one thing for a company to be your home promotion, but the company's existed for a while. But to be there from the very first show and really be on the journey with the Defiance, like as this company's grown, whether it was expanding to Portland or California, going live on Pluto TV, all yep. of these things, I feel like collectively we're all growing together. And yeah. I think that's what the Defiance means to me is kind of just like a bunch of people 
who all are very like-minded about how they feel about this one company, and we're all just kind of taking this journey together. Yeah. Dude, you couldn't say it, like, any better. Absolutely, man. It, it's... we. <laughs> Sorry, that's still fantastic. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. So, I mean, like we we've, we've seriously seen this rise from you know just it was just you know the first show and and it, it killed it, but we've just seen it rise and rise and rise. And you were the first match. You know, weren't you the first match? You we and Santiago. The, we were the first good match. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We were the, the first, first good match at uh, at Defy. Nice. Uh, okay. So um, now. You're back, and you know Defy is ripping and roaring. What are your goals here with Defy in 2022 and beyond? Honestly, I want to help the grant the brand grow. I think to me that's one of the biggest things. Is everybody knows me as like a Defy guy, you know, yeah. like like other wrestlers are like, hey man, you know, like how do I get booked at Defy? And it's like, how's that inbox? You get it's pretty, it's pretty full. And yeah. I just tell them like, just just fucking be better than me. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Yeah, if you ain't here, you ain't better than me. You're the gatekeeper. Yeah, straight up, <laughs> that was me and Mike's job. Yeah, we check and make sure like, oh, he's cool. All right, he can yeah. be on Defy. He's not cool. He can't hang. So helping the brand grow, I like it. Yeah, so that's that's my goal is to kind of yeah, be that company man. Okay. Will we ever see a return from Mike Santiago? Ooh, that's not a question for me. That's okay. a question for All Mike right. Santiago. All right. We'll ask. We'll ask. We'll ask it. We'll hit him up. Uh, okay, man. So last question for you. You've probably asked, probably answered this before um, on the Zoom, but it's easier now that we have professional cameras. Uh, pick a scar on your body. Show us if you can right into the cameras and tell us a story of how you got it. Yeah, actually, um, it was a lot. It was very late in my wrestling career. I decided to get circumcised. I can actually. Oh wow, re- great! No, that, that's no, that's wonderful. Yeah. Eighteen. Well, I like that you, you zoomed in, though. I like that you were only fans. I like we were all on board with this. Only fans. Wow. No, I think the the gnarliest scar I have, um, it's on one of these shoulders, but it's literally a a turnbuckle. Where the the because it's just a cable like yeah. most ropes they're just cables, and I don't know how they built this ring. It was one of those like homemade rings, and so real high budget. Yeah, and so at the end of the cable, like it's just frayed wires that were exposed. Oof! And I remember getting like thrown into the turnbuckle. Yeah, and just like getting hooked, like I could feel like something go like in and in and under oh. my skin. And here, actually, if you wanna, yeah, let's up. see it. Oh, oh. I forget what shoulder it's on. I think it's this one. Yeah, right there. Right there. And that was like five or six years ago. It's a mini Sabu scar. And so it went in and under, because like they curled the wire up, and I was like, what the fuck? And so then I just fucking just pulled, like all the skin pop. Jesus. That nice, that nice ripping feeling. Um, Thank you, Ring Crew. Yeah. So. Also, shout out to the ring crew at Defy for making sure nothing like that ever happens. Wow. I don't know. That, that middle rope was pretty faulty <laughs> a couple months ago, actually. So let's let's not give him too much credit. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you know, we have to take a lot of the Christmas bonus. <laughs> Ethan, uh, where can we follow you, man? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RealEthanHD. You can find me on Instagram EthanHD three one two. Don't bother me on Facebook. Um, no, I just don't check Facebook. Sure. I mean, you can find me on there, but I'm not. And then shout answer. out to Destiny City Comics and find them and buy some buy all your comics from them. Yeah. So. Destiny City Comics on Instagram. All our social media is under Destiny City Comics. But yeah, comic books, all sorts of weird Funkos, toys, my wrestling figures, your wrestling figures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, dude! Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. Like that,